Hello, and welcome to Let Your Guard Down, a podcast with myself, Peter Corcoran, where I'll be joined each week by various guests to have an open discussion about that person's path and how they ended up where they are now, with an openness around adversity, difficulty, and challenging times, as well as the more positive experiences along the way. Today, I'll be joined by Michelle Matthews and Anne-Marie Fay, both nurses who currently work in oncology and are also the hosts of the Answers for Cancers podcast. Both Michelle and Anne-Marie open up and provide an incredibly raw insight into the life of a nurse working in Ireland, the positives and negatives that come with the profession, and how the sense of fulfilment they get from their work drives them on every day, despite the well-known challenges that nurses in this country face. One of the most powerful, eye-opening, and at times disbelieving discussions you will ever listen to, with two incredibly dedicated and inspirational people, this is most definitely an episode that is not to be missed. Michelle, Anne-Marie, really appreciate you coming in. It's uh, one I've been looking forward to for a while, so many thanks for joining me, even though I know we got a bit delayed, but we got there, we got there in the end. Oh, um, I take full responsibility for that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nurse life. Yeah, oh, thanks for having us. This yeah. is class to be able to sit down with you. So yeah. seriously, thanks for Strange having us. being on the other side of the mic. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a bit more relaxing though, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, yeah. We're always so cautious that we're fully prepared and you know, have, yeah. have, have all of our ducks in a row. So it's nice to kind of take a back seat and just kind of, yeah. yeah, enjoy a yeah. chat. Like, just yeah. leave that leave that to me and Shane. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have all that <laughs> I remember when we were doing one of our first episodes with somebody, I was like, oh sure, it's grand. The pressure's off us or something. We just write the questions. And they were like looking at me, they're like, yeah, so I have to give the answers. I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to freak you out before we start. <laughs> um, but as I was, I, what I kind of wanted to do, just starting off with the chat, is when it comes to nursing and where you're currently working at, was that always what you wanted to do? Was that like, because I know a few nurses as well, and it seems to be a bit of a mixed bag. Some of them from childhood are just like, you mm. know, dead set, dead straight on, on, on nursing. Maybe not in a particular, a particular bracket, like, you know, but nursing was the one mm. is that the same for for you guys or did you did that only come later on in life or um I suppose for me it it wasn't always something I wanted to do I kind of was really unsure what I wanted to do if I'm being honest I kind of find like there's not a huge amount of guidance when you're in school to yeah. help you figure out what you want to do but I was always kind of leaning more towards teaching so I I originally went to Minute and I studied arts and I went and did anthropology, geography and Irish but I only lasted about a year and a half and that my granny became really sick and she was kind of um, I suppose the most important person to me in my life. I kind of lived with her a lot growing up and she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and um, throughout her kind of illness and treatment I was in kind of studying and I just kind of I just fell off track I kind of wasn't really into it and I was completely distracted so I was kind of focused on her more so and during that time I've never seen somebody like so in awe of the healthcare system like Mm. uh, you could have been a porter you could have been the CEO of the hospital but she just had so much admiration for anybody that worked in the hospital and I suppose after she passed away I kind of was trying to figure myself back out again and I was like what can I do that would be that would kind of like I suppose like make her proud and I just Mm. thought actually maybe I'll give nursing a go so I went I left Minute and then I went to do nurse and then I went in completely blind if I'm being honest I kind of had no kind of I didn't even do science in my leave insert. So I I had to go and do a pre-nursing course because I had no science background. And um, yeah, I went into it blind and it like just kind of on a whim, I just kind of took to it straight away, to be honest. I kind of, then I, I did the pre-nurse and then I went to London to do my degree. And um, yeah, I suppose like I kind of got all the fear stories that, oh my God, it's really hard and you're going to really struggle. And you know like kind of all the horror stories that it's a really tough thing to do and like don't get me wrong the degree is quite tough because you have to do a lot of placement but I kind of just didn't feel that like horror that everyone else feels I just felt like it was quite natural to me and I I don't know how or why but it's just it just kind of came to me so um yeah I just stuck with it and qualified and um if I'm being honest I can't really imagine myself in any other profession I think I'm kind of yeah supposed to be in this yeah. kind of profession in some capacity you know like definitely in healthcare anyway and looking after people so that's how I became into it so yeah. what about you Michelle? 
I always knew I wanted to be a nurse. It wasn't, mm. there was nothing else. And like, you know, when you go to your career guidance counselor and they're like, well, what do you want to do if you don't do nursing? I was like, nothing. I have to get nursing. There's yeah. nothing else I want to do, which was like, in a way, so good because I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. But so much pressure because if you don't, if you don't get it, like, what do you do? I didn't want to go and do anything else. So I, yeah, I was lucky. I suppose I always knew what I wanted to do, but there was no nurses in my family. My great granny was a nurse. That was it. And my mum was like, where did it come from? Like, I honestly don't know, but I got really, really lucky. The year that I did the leaving cert, the points dropped by 50 points. And I, when I say I scraped in, I got the minimal points to get in. And it's mad because like, I know I'm a good nurse and I love nursing, but I nearly missed out because I, I just really got lucky that they dropped by 50 points and the next year they were straight back up again. Right. And it's mad to think that like, I could have lost my shot. I could have lost my opportunity because I didn't have the confidence mm. to go away at the time. I wouldn't have gone to England because I was so unsure of myself back then. I had like, a, at the time I was in a relationship. I was like, I, I just don't know. I couldn't go away. I couldn't leave my friends. I couldn't leave the life that I have here and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone away, but I got really, really lucky and the points dropped. But I think it's so unfair on people like that who really want to do nursing and that's all they want to do and they, they miss out. It comes down to a point system. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. based on yeah. a memory test pretty much. You yeah, know, absolutely. Like, so yeah, yeah, 100%. It's not yeah. practical at all for things like that. Yeah, really, yeah. no, because I mean, your personality is so, like it's so fundamental to the actual role. And I think England have a really good system as in they do, like you obviously have to have a certain like baseline of points or like exams or whatever it is, but they do have like an interview system and a scenario system and, or like an exam, I should say, like, and it all kind of contributes to your place, you know, the way it's not yeah. just based on a memory test on the day. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah. be. Yeah. It's mad to hear that because like, I actually talk about Michelle for so long, but like I've, I was obviously I've trained in London and I worked in like a couple of different intensive cares and then I've worked in a couple of different oncology units. So I've worked with like so many nurses and to think that like Michelle, you're probably the one person that I think is just a hundred percent made to be a nurse. <laughs> like I know, like I don't, like, I know it's Thanks probably sense. like, yeah, no, but really like you are. And it's so, it's mad to think that you could have potentially missed out on it because yeah, yeah because of a couple of points like. And there's definitely people in the same position yeah. as us without yeah. a doubt yeah. like and I remember I interviewed for the Adelaide hospital at the time like they had an interview system and I got the interview and I was like oh that's am I'm in like I mm. just thought like so naively I was like I got the interview I'm definitely in and then they were like no you have to get the points but mm. the points for the Adelaide were actually higher than what the points of what I ended up getting in for so I was yeah. like I got the interview I passed I like they know I, I whatever I obviously did a good job but nothing it didn't make any difference mm. because i didn't get the points to even get in there so and is there no background like there say backdoor way into nursing if you don't get your points is that like you can do a pre-nursing course so if right, you don't yeah. get the points or if you don't have you do need to have a science in your leaving cert but like i said i literally had no interest in science and i was mm. like i'm not going to do anything to do with science so like i'm not doing it for my leaving cert so you can do a pre-nursing course that you can get in that way but again if you go in through the pre-nursing route there's only so many places that right. are available or allocated to pre-nursing courses or whatever so um it is really limited or else you have the option of going away somewhere else but that's obviously not always feasible and yeah. obviously Ireland they as like the points are quite high but they do yeah. have a really really good degree for nursing and the education is quite high even though subsequently obviously they don't it doesn't match the pay like but yeah. that's a whole other story which is whatever but the education here is quite good and I mean like it would it's it's disheartening because the the training here is great and you want to retain as many Irish nurses as you can so it, it'd be great to see that improve in some way but look I know yeah. this is an ongoing battle for a long time mm. yeah and uh, I'll come back to because I get into say how he's got into the oncology side of things then but did either of you ever go away did you ever say like go work in London or go work somewhere else because as you mentioned just the pay and everything yeah. here is, is not great and I know plenty of people who have gone yeah did, did yeah, I did. I trained in London, so I did my degree there. Yeah. Um. So I did the pre-nursing here, and then I went over there because I kind of felt like I'd. It's only three years there. It's four and a half years here to train, and I I felt like I'd kind of messed around with going to Minute and all this kind mm. of stuff, and then doing the pre-nursing. So I said I'll go there and I'll do it in three years. So I did my degree, and then I qualified, and then I originally was really interested in intensive care so I qualified went into intensive care and trained in that for a few years and uh, absolutely loved it and um, 
yeah I just kind of came home for personal reasons more so than anything else but right. um yeah I absolutely loved my time there and then I moved home but um yeah like I I I think the the system there is great for nurses in the sense that it's obviously it's much bigger and ugh, money and stuff is different there obviously but like um in terms of like role diversity and funding that's available for your progression and stuff there and just kind of in terms of the integration of the teamwork and stuff like that is a little bit different and here it's it's an awful lot more kind of hierarchical so there's an awful lot more kind of it's a lot more top heavy than it is over there kind of right. thing so um it's just different in that sense so I did definitely struggle coming home and working the system here just because of the difference and I suppose it's very tough as a nurse on the ground when you're really passionate about the actual person that you're looking after and obviously that's what the system is set up for to look after mm. patients you know so it's quite difficult when I suppose the the, I suppose the, there's much more management and much more kind of layers that you have to go through to actually change anything or right. get answers or anything like that you know so I hope I'm explaining that well no, but no, that um, makes sense, yeah, yeah um, I think you hit the nail on the head there Anne-Marie yeah like, so I did I, struggle yeah. in that respect coming home it took me it took me a while to kind of find my feet and I knew I'd always transition into oncology but if I'm being honest, I think I transitioned a little bit quicker than I may have if I had a set in London because right. I did love intensive care. I like absolutely like thrive in the chaos and the drama mm. of like critically ill and like you know yourself yeah. like I do kind of I'm kind of drawn towards those kind of I see it when you say when someone comes in unwell to work <laughs> Anne-Marie is honest she's like I know what to do yeah I'm just like I'll look after that patient if they're gonna like arrest I'll look after him I'm like grand you, you have it one usually you. everyone else like runs away from it but I don't for some reason I don't know why but um yeah, so I think like I I kind of when I came home I knew eventually I'd transition into oncology, but I think when I came home I originally struggled a lot because I was just playing the comparison game, you know. Yeah. And I was just like I don't think I'm ever going to get what I had there, so I'm going to have to just do a complete one, one eighty kind of thing, you know, that way. So now I don't regret it now because I actually think the way it happened it was meant to happen. And I would right. have never met Michelle, and I would have never kind of I wouldn't be where I am now, which I wouldn't change where I am now, but um yeah it's just yeah it's just the way the way things are yeah. really isn't it yeah and I think you're so right like what I found I went to London nearly straight away and not because I particularly wanted to but we actually didn't really have a choice like I qualified in the October had a job until I think it was the 3rd of January and then everybody was let go and it was like you can go through an agency and you can get shifts in the hospital through an agency and stuff but they just were not hiring people full-time right. and like I qualified with the first class honours and couldn't get a job here. Like, could not get a full-time job and everybody was applying to London. And to be honest, like, I wasn't ready to go to London. I was like, like, I had such a good group of friends here and I was just like, I'm not ready to leave all that. But a lot of my year went. And to be honest, some haven't come home. Like, I see mm. people over there and they have progressed so, so far and they're doing amazing things. And a lot of them wouldn't have been able to do that here. And that is unfortunately just the reality of it. Whereas what I found in London is if you're a good nurse, you would do really, really well. Mm. Whereas, and it's, and it's not the same in every place. So it's not fair to say that, but a lot of the thing here is you have to put in the time. So like you could be, and like you said, you came back with amazing like experience from ICU and stuff. It, it doesn't really matter. Like in a lot of places you have to, in the time and I do understand it to a certain extent because there's people who have been in the hospital a very very long time but it's different in London like they will help you progress they will put you on course they will do everything that they can to progress and mm. and make you the best nurse that you can be and unfortunately here the, the funding isn't there the money isn't there it's just it's more difficult mm. and I don't think it's because people don't want to it's it's just different we just we're not it's not the same as the NHS yeah you know yeah it, it just isn't you know but I think the nurses that do work here are incredible and they want the best for every yeah. single patient that comes through the door. But it's really tough and it's really, really stressful and they're incredibly overworked. Yeah, long hours as well, like long, long hours. And yeah. when, when you were saying, Michelle, they're working in an agency, if, as I said, I know a couple of nurses who did that, but is that no pay? I think during certain, like, you, you don't get paid if you're not working or there's no yeah, pay so during... Yeah, you wouldn't get paid for your holidays. Like, it was... I think you would get, and I actually can't even, it's so long now ago, but like, I think you would probably get better paid per shift. Right. But you don't, I don't think you were entitled to holidays and stuff. Again, I can't really remember because I didn't do it. Like, right. 
No, you're not. I mean, everybody just went to London. Like, and that was it. Like, honestly, so many people went. My whole hospital at the time was just full of nurses that had come from Ireland. And when I got there and I started working in the place I did, the whole, everybody who was there were all from Ireland and they come over the year before me. So, and I was like, and they were unbelievable nurses like oh my god I cannot explain how good these nurses were and I learned so much and I was like we are really really missing out mm. like because I don't think a lot of us would have left had there been a, a stable job there yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah and that was back in I qualified in 2012 so obviously it's a long time ago now but same issues are there yeah. I think yeah yeah, yeah absolutely not much has changed really I don't think no. Is it? Yeah. no no so when you did, as I said, oncology, like again, maybe that's a bit further down the line. So you both, well, Amory, you kind of came in around the way to going into nursing, mm. and then you're now in oncology. And Michelle, you 100% wanted to be a nurse, but <laughs> yeah. oncology. Then how does how does that come about? Say, is that again like I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure mm. of how like how nurses go about getting into certain sections and that kind yeah. of thing. Like, is that a do you have to apply? Like, is there a certain pathway into it like when you're in college or is it when you get the job and then you can go into it into certain areas and so firstly that and then why oncology like what mm. what was the the pull on on oncology for both of you yeah I was working in A&E when I came home initially and I used to see patients come in through A&E and again like A&E is so busy oh my mm. god it's like you would have 10-15 patients sometimes it was just another level of busy it was completely different to anything I was used to and I'd see oncology patients come through A&E and they'd be waiting to go up to the oncology ward and they'd always say oh I hope such and such is working today or like oh I was speaking to such and such when I rang earlier on they know I'm coming and I was like they and like you, when we were speaking before this earlier on and you remembered some of the nurses names yeah, yeah. who was looking after you I was like that's a relationship that I've never seen before and I felt like you could really follow through on patients care where unfortunately in A&E like they come in and you look after them as much as you can and then they go off to a ward and a lot of the time you you don't see them after that um, and I I was really drawn to being able to actually just follow through on people's care and seeing mm. having a bit of a relationship with people and just being able to see how they do and whether that's to the point where they do really really well and you never see them again or whether it's the point that you look after them until the end of their life I was like it's really difficult to get those roles and I just I at the time I was like I feel like I would be so privileged to look after people like that Mm. and then like that I applied to it and yeah fortunately got in yeah Mm. and we something similar yeah Yeah. I suppose like I I I knew I'd always want to go into oncology just because of the personal kind of attachment to it with my family and stuff with my nanny really Mm. um and then when I did my training I towards the end of my training I was kind of split so really the way it works is you get your last placement how it was for me anyway your last placement you kind of get to pick your kind of priorities of what you would think you want to qualify in and you get to do them as your last kind of placements and that's how it works and then you can kind of generally how it worked for us if you did well in your last placement like this is how easy it is in london if you did well they offered you a job at the end of your placement kind of thing like you know um except icu is a little bit different but um yeah, like um, I was choosing between oncology and ICU when I, I got offered a job in ICU and I kind of just thought that in terms of the knowledge and experience I would get there. You don't get, you don't really get a job in ICU newly qualified over here. They don't, you have to have a certain amount of years experience. So I felt quite lucky to get it. So I just took, I just took the the opportunity there while I had the chance kind of. Um, and yeah, like I said, it was always in the back of my mind to go to, to oncology but um, and then I kind of craved that like relationship like Michelle said like ICU is incredible experience and I really really enjoyed it but it's very systematic and it's very structural and I mean it's very you do A to E assessments and you kind of really see the patient as different kind of sections like you know you're looking mm-hmm. at their airway you're looking at their breathing you're looking at um, you're looking at their renal function and it's nearly systematic rather than seeing the whole person and I kind of craved that relationship kind of like mm-hmm. Michelle said so um, that's when I transitioned kind of in to oncology it did take me a long time though because I'm so used to using data like to assess somebody like and like in oncology when you kind of 
have to it's all very much based on your assessment and obviously you do like vital signs stuff like that but it's based on your assessment and obviously we do scans and stuff like that but for the first few months I was just like oh my, we don't have a we don't have a blood gas we need to get a blood gas <laughs> their, their blood pressure's a little low let's get a blood gas and you're like you need to calm down like, I was like can we monitor this patient I need a monitor <laughs> so yeah it took me a while to adjust but um but yeah now I got like I said like I kind of I absolutely love the the side of oncology that is it's really personal you know and you get to see people in their most kind of vulnerable mm. states you know and it's it's a privilege like you yeah. don't you don't get that in any other profession you don't get that in any other I mean obviously in nursing you do get it but like you just you don't get that opportunity in life I think to see people at their most unless you're incredibly lucky and you have very great relationships with people but to see people in that in their rawest form and their family members and stuff so um I feel really privileged to be in that position and I think oncology has that kind of kind of side to it in terms of even just getting that with their family members and stuff as well yeah. you know it's um yeah it's just a really special kind of area to work in and um I think everybody that's in oncology tend to it's a quite a hard area to be in if you're not passionate about it you know yeah, so typically yeah. the people that last in it and stay in it are people that are quite passionate and want to be there so sign subsequently you quite you relate to them a lot and you're able to build friendships with them mm. because you have similar values and um yeah at the moment I couldn't see myself in any other area really mm. yeah and you're so right like I think and I do think the pandemic really showed that like what you do just build relationships with your colleagues because nobody else understands what it's like to look after people in that intensity and yeah I don't know it's funny isn't it like Mm. it's we're so blessed with the people that we look after that like they are on the same level as you and they Mm. care for people the same amount that you do it's just different to any other any other type of nursing I've ever done before and that's I suppose why not everybody goes into it like I I think if I see you I don't think I ever would have been cut out for that and there's loads of different types of nursing I, I could not do but I think the nursing that we're in you make really really good friends because they completely understand what you're yeah. going through and whether that's like a really really good day or like the worst day mm. they just mm. they just get it yeah. like and sometimes I don't and know I don't think you'd get through it without them if I'm being honest yeah. like there's like like you say you, you can go home and say how your day was but there's there's something about just having someone mm. that just you don't have to say a lot they just kind of get it you know that kind of a way yeah. and like look it's not all doom and gloom don't get me wrong like there are like really low days and there are really low points and there's a lot of bad news but there's also a lot of good news yeah. and equally that's that's just as important to relate to somebody about you know because yeah. somebody at home won't actually get the whole thing oh my god we this so-and-so got really good news today after yeah. months of absolute yeah terror and like uh, fear you know that kind of way and the lowest of the low days and do you know that kind of way yeah. so it's equally as important to have somebody that there's someone on your team or whatever that gets that feeling just as much as they get the oh I just want to forget about today you know that yeah, kind of a way yeah. so and it's 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 tough because there's such a conflict of like kind of emotion sometimes because I suppose we're trained to be professionals and we are professionals in every sense of the way and I like but then because you're you're looking after people in this vulnerable form it's really really hard to not build those relationships mm. so it's Definitely. it's it's really hard to get the balance between the two things do you know that kind of a way so um I know I definitely struggled with it like and I still struggle with it to, to this day like sometimes you know that way trying to get that balance but you know sometimes just letting that guard down sometimes and relating to people and kind of building those relationships is kind of just as important as yeah. keeping that professional barrier sometimes you know so um yeah kind of a long-winded answer to your <laughs> no, question no, sorry no, about no, that no, I hope I'm not completely going two, off track two great here. answers there no but like that's kind of like I have a couple of points there that yeah. I want to talk about but we've kind of like brought a lot of it into it mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. even from my own personal experience with the nurses I remember when I finished treatment and leaving and then like as, as you said you had built those relationships but there's there was like tremendous anxiety leaving because you're like I don't yeah. have these people here mm-hmm. anymore they're not here anymore I don't know what to do you yeah. nearly don't know what to do without them so yeah I completely get what you're saying about building the relationships and I, I think that keeps you going because if you're I, if I had been going in there and you, you maybe had say your nurse maybe wasn't as warm to you I think it makes it a lot more difficult mm. I, I found myself very comfortable going in there yeah. mm. nearly looking forward now 
park what was going yeah. on but I was nearly looking mm-hmm. forward to going yeah. in and seeing the people you yeah, know and absolutely. just because you, you had built that up yeah, so yeah. I could completely like relate to what you're saying and also the second point there that um that you both mentioned was the understanding that your colleagues and yourselves have that like if I'm having a good day like they get it yeah. and if you're having yeah. a bad day they also get it because yeah. like again the only thing I could relate to that is the, the therapist I went to see after being sick had also being sick and being mm-hmm. through cancer being through the whole thing as well and to hear somebody who just gets it because my, yeah. like yeah. my, even my parents and everything my sister mm. they were like oh we could under we can imagine like or we can understand yeah. why you'd be like that but to somebody who can actually be like oh I completely 100% get what you're going through or yeah. why that was a good day or why that was a bad day yeah it's it's a different level like you yeah, know? yeah absolutely yeah. like it's like I said it's so strange because I remember there was one day and a patient had passed away that I had just built this connection with and like it's I was really like it was I was grieving I actually was grieving and I was so so upset I couldn't focus on my work I couldn't and I actually had to leave the ward and just kind of take some take some time out and I've I, I just remember you came into me and one of the other nurses came into me and there was nothing that had to be said it was just kind of like we get it mm. like yeah. we get it whereas I if you go home with that kind of stuff it's 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 difficult because you're like but it's not it's not your family or it's not your friend yeah. as such yeah. it's a work thing you need to kind of you need to kind of like be able to deal with the stuff and you are able to deal with the stuff and you do build up this little bit of resilience and you do it's like a muscle you just when you do it over and over again you do build up a resilience but there is that other side to you that you don't want to build up that resilience and you do have that yeah. I suppose connections with people and it's a natural kind of thing for you to feel like that you know so to have your team to just to relate to those moments where you just feel like wow that's that's tough but yeah. do you know that kind of a way oh, like 100% because I remember when I first started in oncology I took everything home like literally mm. everything home with me because I hadn't learned and like you said it's not even like building up resilience it's you can still care as much but you have to be able yeah. to like speak to the people who get it because mm. mm. I was coming home to Stephen at the time and like I'd be just in fell form or whatever and like that's so unfair because I want to do this but it's not it's not up to anybody else it's not up to Stephen my parents anybody to understand what that feels yeah. like because they don't that's not on like that's not on them it's up to me and yeah. I think that's the best thing about working with people who like you said just get it yeah. because you can speak about it and they understand and it's it's just different mm. you know yeah. it's amazing and like I found like you know Stephen and my family and stuff they care for you so much it's gutting for them seeing mm. you so upset and they mm. don't understand and they should never have to understand yeah whereas like when you speak to people who you work with they just get it yeah you know and like yeah. I said, sometimes you don't even have to say anything yeah it's just a simple thing of like yeah yeah know? yeah and equally the highs are as high like when yeah. people like yourself and people are like finish up on treatment it's the best feeling in the world or yeah. when you go home from work and you're like i did a really really good job today yeah. and it, it's not necessarily like maybe they've been admitted or whatever but you know like they're going to be fine i've yeah. taken really mm. good care of them. it's a, an amazing feeling to have that you have looked after the person to the point where you're like it's okay yeah, yeah 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 and I think that's the only thing like I'd say like there is this mentality of oh we're professionals we need to we need to get on with the job you need to be able to deal with these things and you, you do have to be able to do that 100% but then there's also this element of like now that I've like we've 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 a good bit of experience now like that we can actually say actually do you know what it's it's okay to have that other side of it and to be affected by things mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. be upset about certain things and to feel like this is kind of shit like you know that way and mm. that's okay as well whereas I I struggle with that for a while because I'm like maybe I'm getting too attached or maybe maybe I sh- I'm doing something wrong here like I shouldn't be so affected but actually I think that having that empathy and that connection with people allows you to do the job that you yeah, do well definitely. Yeah. you know I that way if you shut that down it just wouldn't work absolutely like, shut it down yeah, completely. yeah. absolutely yeah finding the balance which I can imagine is that that must be quite hard yeah. that's like because it is because you you have to just get on to the next thing there's yeah. no yeah. there's no pause for nurses to say okay you take some time out there unless you are adamant like I was that day and I said I'm going to take some time out here yeah. because I actually can't physically do the next thing until I take some time out. But you have to be strong in yourself to be able to say that. And they don't give you, the system's not set up to give you the opportunity to do that. So you have to be very yeah. sure mm. of yourself and understanding of what's happening to be able to stand up and say that. 
and that's not always the case unfortunately because there's always something else to be done do you know mm. that kind so of a way true, so yeah um it is it is a tough one but i suppose like uh, we're lucky to be able to be able to sit here today and have this on record kind of thing but yeah. i think we all kind of have similar feelings and we all struggle with that and to some capacity do you know mm. and i i don't know i just uh, any nurses that are listening i suppose it's just like it, we understand like you know that way i think yeah. we all feel the same way and i think that if you like you try to block that side of you out then that's where the stress comes in and that's where the I suppose like the kind of frustration with the job and is this for me kind of comes yeah. into it you know because you mm. lose why you're doing what you're doing because this politics is so shit yeah, you know the kind of yeah, way, like, and it's like yeah I think that's where sometimes it's really tough for nurses because they it's really hard to stay focused on what the actual what you're there for because mm. everything else around you is telling you it's about something else sometimes you know yeah. that way yeah yeah and like you said like, that makes sense it isn't like the system isn't set up and that's whether you're working mm. in oncology ICU on a ward it doesn't matter like the system isn't set up for you to take a break during the day and yeah. go that was a really difficult conversation or I, I didn't do that this morning and yeah. you know I got in a bit of trouble for not filling out that assessment or whatever. The system isn't set up to give you time to go, I'm just going to take five minutes and I'll be fine. I'll be back in five minutes and I'll be grand. Like it's on to the next thing. It's the next call bell. It's mm. the next, you know, call from a family and this and that. And like, it's, it's really, really tough yeah. for nurses. Like, and this is no going on centuries. Do you know that yeah. kind of way? So it's nearly just like it's embedded in nurses that, oh, you're not, I don't, this might sound so dramatic, but you're kind of not worthy of, yeah, putting yourself first kind of thing that might sound quite extreme kind of like but so it's kind of just like a mentality it's just there so people like nurses don't feel like it's okay for them to say I need time because everyone else is so important yeah do you know that kind of a way so nobody it's very rare that somebody says I'm really affected here I need to stop and take some time because somebody else is always important and that is true to some extent because we're there to look after people 100% but we're only able to do that when our cup is full and we look after ourselves and we mind yeah. ourselves kind of thing do you know that way but unfortunately there's nothing in set in place for to make us do that so you have to be strong in yourself to do it for yourself mm-hmm. unfortunately or if you have a good team around you to be able to do it so um yeah that's where the struggle is I think that's yeah mm. that's a huge struggle because mm. like yeah. I, I work in insurance and say I've had bad days in work just where things have gotten on top of me with dealing with stuff or whatever and like it's if I went to my manager he's like take two days off yeah. that's it just like straight <laughs> off the bat like you know yeah. but that's yeah. and that's I, I'm not saying like again like that it wasn't needed or whatever but if that's available in the insurance world like mm, yeah and that was just that I might have been kind of not that wouldn't happen maybe as regular as mm, mm. nurses who are dealing with this day in day out day in day out it's, yeah but it's really sad like I think it's yeah. so sad when you hear people who are nursing a long time and they say oh my daughter wants to do nursing or my son wants to do nursing I told them not to do it yeah and that's yeah, a that regular is. comment like of yeah. people who are nurses who say I told them do not do it and like uh, that's crazy it's kind of heartbreaking it's, in a way it's heartbreaking it? yeah. yeah because people who genuinely want to be nurses told don't do it and I remember when I was like I want to be a nurse blah, blah, blah. and people were like people who were nurses were like don't do it Michelle don't do it yeah. and don't get me wrong I'm so glad I did it I can't ever see myself doing anything else and I love it but I do understand why people say that you know mm. and that's a really sad thing to be able to say because yeah. like it is a really really rewarding job but nurses are so stretched they don't get the time they to, don't get the time to acknowledge that yeah or mm. see that you know yeah. Yeah. yeah as you said it's kind of there's yeah, you lose sight of yeah. why yeah. why you went in in the first place. Mm, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. madness because yeah, no, that's actually just kind of shocked me a little bit mm. to, actually, to actually hear it because I yeah. think everybody always knows about nursing. You know, like if you're mm. not in, it's always like, oh, it's it's stressful. They're they're overworked, but to actually hear it kind of coming from mm-hmm. from the from yeah. the mouths like of, of, of both of you has just kind of made it a bit more real. Mm. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. and I don't think. And it's fortunate that like people who are unwell will never really understand it because mm. they shouldn't have to like what it's it is so it's so hard for nurses, isn't it? Mm. Like and I don't mean like, oh, poor us or anything like that. Yeah, like yeah. we're in great positions. and I absolutely like I said, I really like my job, but I'm very aware of people who are just qualifying or are a couple of years qualified and they are like nights weekends late nights not getting out till nine o'clock at night not getting paid for that like getting 15 minutes for your lunch break because the next person needs to be brought to theater like 
people don't see that and they shouldn't have to it's yeah. not on them to see that but it's really really tough and they did but the attitude seems to be is just oh if you're becoming a nurse this is just yeah it's a vocation because it's that whole thing it's a vocation yeah. isn't yeah. it it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is just deal with it yeah, yeah. Like, with it, this like, is yeah. this is like centuries it's yeah. like it's something that's happened gradually over time it's like uh, it's just it's ingrained in the system now kind mm. of thing you know and I think even people go into it knowing this now kind of thing which is kind of yeah which is which is probably not great you know but I actually in the, in another way I do think times are changing slightly mm. you know mm. I do think people are speaking up more and I think that I suppose like the the new generation what are they called Gen Z or something like that <laughs> you know now? they're very intolerable to anything <laughs> yeah. that's like I suppose Cancel systematic kind of stuff that. you know yeah, that way yeah. so hopefully as time goes on things will change slightly yeah. like you know but it's I don't know it's just it's just I think it's just a basic lack of respect kind yeah. of from yeah. the top down and it's it's a it's a government thing it's not Absolutely. an individual structural it's not an individual hospital thing you know it's yeah. from the top down yeah. and it, it is just a level of respect like even to think that based against like other kind of science degrees and stuff like that the pay isn't even on par with them and it's mm just on a basic degree kind of level do you know that mm-hmm. way so look there's so many different elements to it but uh, like that's not new to people people know that nurses have been underpaid and stuff like that and but then on the other side of it like like I just there's another part of it that like I'm like yeah you may get underpaid and all of this stuff and I, I do love my job and I wouldn't see myself doing anything else but like there is this like gratitude that you you get from this job that you wouldn't get anywhere else and I'm not saying that like that warrants not being paid properly and it warrants being overworked it doesn't in any any Mm. way but there is an element of like I have learned this whole new gratitude for life that I that I know I wouldn't have got if I had been in any other profession and I don't think you can put a price on that and I I'm even like hesitant to say that because I'm like it shouldn't it shouldn't dim any of the other issues that's there but I think like anyone that like is thinking about doing nursing I don't think you can put a price on that you know that kind of a way like having this respect and gratitude for just life that you wouldn't have if you weren't dealing with people that are are are, are faced with life and death Mm -hmm. every day kind of thing you know that way so I really massively appreciate that I have the opportunity to do that to see that every day because I know people can go through their life never even getting a glimpse of that you know that way yeah, so that's true. completely yeah just because that that just sounds like proper fulfillment like yeah not, not kind Absolutely. of like yeah as I said in working in the business world it's it's ego driven money mm. based that's mm. that's all that matters it's who's who's the biggest dog who can mm. do whereas yeah I think I, I don't think you can put a price on fulfillment like that that's no just, true. It's, no it's, I think that's it, what keeps us going you yeah, know yeah. because yeah you you well I realize that and I see that and I'm like I don't want to give that up like even if you're if you're off work and you're off sick and I'm, I'm probably a bit of a strange human being anyway but like I think I, I miss that you know what I mean yeah. I miss you do. that yeah. sense of purpose like I miss that sense of oh I did I really done well today kind of thing like I yeah. really helped somebody today or I really learned something today kind of thing you know that yeah. way um and I think it's important like you said Amory it's not the hospitals do you know yeah. it isn't like they every single consultant every nurse they want what is best for the person that's there in front of them mm. but it's mm. just I mean it is a government thing unfortunately yeah. you know it yeah. just is the funding isn't there yeah. they don't do what they need to do to hold on to nurses but like every single person that's looking after you only cares about that person in the bed like it's absolutely not a hospital thing they are doing everything that they can to keep staff to help them literally everything but unfortunately it is from the top down it's from the government down and if they don't respect you and if they don't think that you're worth being paid a lot you'll never get it no matter how hard a hospital fights for you they won't you won't ever get it Mm. you know yeah no it's just as it's a bit it's a bit surreal as Mm. i'm just hearing it all and it's i'm kind of delighted they're both both saying that like Mm. The fulfillment is what keeps you going yeah. because if you, as you said, if you're not a hundred percent, maybe, you know, driven by that, you're not probably going to last long yeah. as a nurse. Really, are you in Ireland? I wouldn't yeah. say. Oh, absolutely it? not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you do. But need... I think you only realise. I, I think you have to do a lot of like, reflecting and stuff outside yeah. of work to be able to, really, see that. Do you know that way? Because oh, yeah. you don't get mm-hmm. the space to do it, in there. You know, I think it takes time. I suppose for anyone newly qualified, like that takes time to to see that and get that because mm. you're so stressed and you're so overwhelmed a lot of the days you know kind of way so it's like that trickles over time and mm-hmm. I, I for me it has been worth it yeah mm. you know it has Absolutely. been worth it to 
kind of put in the time and get to the stage now where I'm like, oh my God, like I'm actually really lucky to yeah. to be yeah, able to see this. You've come around to see that now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it, and it take, didn't, like you said, it takes a while, it takes overnight. years. Yeah. yeah, you do question yourself a lot, you know? <laughs> Just, yeah. I, there's been a lot of questions and conversations being like, what am I doing? <laughs> but like... <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah. I guarantee you, any nurse listening to this is like, yeah, hundred absolutely, relate, yeah. yeah, they're probably listening, thinking, oh, I had that yesterday, or I had that last yeah. week, or whatever. But then on the flip side, like you say, and I guarantee and then, they can think of that one situation that happened yeah. in the last couple of days that they're like, oh no, this is why I'm doing. Fair it. enough. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You turn up the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just maybe I don't know if infuriating is the right word to think. Can you imagine if the the setup was there for yeah. that, like as you oh, said, yeah. actually had the time to take time out to to reflect yeah. and kind of. Yeah, Just, yeah, it's yeah. crazy because if you think of like even the likes of say like I don't know like social workers or counselors even yeah. or anyone else they all get supervision like they all get that time with a professional or time out to reflect and discuss different things whereas nurses don't mm. have anything there's nothing yeah. at all like that's yeah therapists have therapists like you know yeah, that yeah. to talk about if they've Absolutely, had a particularly yeah. heavy client or whatever like yeah. that and it's. Mm nothing there for nurses yeah. yeah and I wonder is it sometimes that there's just so many of us like you know there's so many mm. nurses that like yeah. it's that thing of like oh, how could we possibly invest we in start? that you wouldn't have the time like you know yeah. like they wouldn't have the time they wouldn't have the money like where would you begin in investing in that yeah. but then but then actually I think that's just another excuse yeah. they wouldn't have the time they wouldn't have the money the oh, money's yeah. there the time yeah. would be there like nurses would be on for that but it needs to be supported. Yeah. You know, there needs to be allocated time for it. Do you know that way? Because oh, people yeah. don't have the headspace to be able to say at nine o'clock, oh, all right, I'm after work of a shift at nine p.m. after being in there from seven, I'm going to go see this therapist. Like, it doesn't work. It needs to be supported and yeah. put into yeah. working hours yeah. for it to be able to work. Otherwise, people can't commit because their time out of work is time for their family and time for their friends, which yeah. is vital. Do you know that way? Mm. So they, they need it to be in point into the working system like embedded, I think. embedded in mm. and actually put yeah yeah as yeah. it is in other professions you know yeah. and to actually just respect what nurses are doing on a daily basis on the ground and like have actually look at the the conversations and the spaces that they're holding with people on mm. a daily basis and not just one or two it's six seven eight nine ten Mm-hmm. people on any given day you know yeah so yeah. and even more sometimes you know so mm-hmm. um yeah. I, i'm gonna be blowing the shit out of this podcast. <laughs> i think people need to be like aware. i don't think people even know the yeah. half of that but know? like yeah. you said they shouldn't have to do you know what i mean because to like an extent, you would though, never yeah. want somebody to come in and have the nurse looking after you think how would I hear do you know what I mean like yeah. but at the same time I think it is really important for people like when we were striking that time and stuff like that for people to realise like why are we striking it's, yeah. it's mm. not even overpay because like whatever you get it's minimal yeah. it's not even about money but it's just support. about support yeah. yeah and like helping new nurses who are coming out of college want to stay here like mm. and yeah. want to work in these hospitals and want to progress and and want to do well it's just about holding on because like you said we're trained really 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 well here mm. like you cannot fault our education yeah. and no matter where you go in the world they always say irish nurses are one of the best trained in the world and i, yeah. I really do believe that but there's no point if you can't hold on to them yeah you know yeah it's just why invested in why the first place? Why have the cars there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. Oh, it's a bit. As yeah. I said, I hope. I hope people listen to this, and I hope there's <laughs> awareness brought out of it then, because it is. It's just as I said. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. I am really enjoying kind of hearing mm. this because yeah. it's nothing I've ever heard before. As yeah. again, as I said, it's back of the head kind of. I've, I've heard about it, but yeah, yeah. This is a bit more. Yeah. It's a bit more real. Yeah. yeah. I think the for me the sad thing is is that like miss like you can probably hear it in myself and michelle we're really passionate about what we do mm. like we love what we do and we do it despite all of these things mm-hmm. but over time that wears on people you know like mm-hmm. we see it all the time like we see people that are still doing it like 30 35 40 years on and doing it despite of all these problems uh but it does have an impact mm-hmm. on yeah, people sure you know physically, like emotionally everything yeah. physically like, yeah. emotionally yeah. if you constantly put yourself second and third to everybody else all the time like that has its impacts oh, you know yeah. you don't have time to go home and prep your meals and mm-hmm. you don't have the energy to go home and prep your meals to be able to eat a healthy diet you don't have to, you don't have the energy to go home and do your exercise class because you're so drained and you mm-hmm. haven't had time to even go to the toilet that day you yeah. know like your shift just ran late so you can't get you out can't, to make you just can't get out like you know that way yeah. and 
I mean, I see it myself. It's constantly like, oh, well, I'm booking in now tonight, like, and oh, cancel it now. Do you know that kind of way? And I, yeah. I see it even in myself, but like, I have awareness of it, and I'm, I am very aware of it. Like, so yeah. I, I do definitely make an effort to, to do that. But like, I, I, I don't see that with everybody, kind of thing. You know that way. And obviously, look, we all have a responsibility to ourselves, but I do think that there's a responsibility that should be put on the system as well mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to look yeah. after. It's the, not like the, the support is there and you're still yeah. choosing to yeah. like maybe not ignore take care. So it. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, there yeah, has to be yeah, a, yeah. There has to be a balance there. With there the has to be something yeah. in place to support the yeah. nurses. There has to be, otherwise, that's just inevitably going to happen. It's just the nature mm-hmm. of putting yourself second all the time, third or whatever, because you've no choice. You yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. And say with just what we talked about there, like, and because I'm going to get onto to your podcast now, and just where the idea of that came from. Did mm-hmm. it come from, like, say? that kind of obviously well it, I know it did the passion kind of around nurse and wanting to mm. help others as much as possible but mm. like how the, the whole background of the podcast pretty much is that so like the average Joe like myself can listen to that and understand mm-hmm. maybe on a more of a kind of like basic English base that's not really the right words but <laughs> no, you know you're like, right, yeah. Yeah, layman's yeah. terms Lay, that's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the phrase I was trying to think of yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, we said that a lot over the last few months so yeah. that's yeah. why it rolled off the tongue <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so yeah so layman's terms pretty much um, and is, is like how did you just come together to, to come up with that idea like how does how does something like that start well, like, I suppose look the original credit needs to go to Michelle she had the original idea right so I'll let you well I had the idea ages ago but I to be honest I hadn't met anybody that I was like I would like to do this with or I would like to commit to this with because I was working over in Abu Dhabi and I was like working really closely with this consultant he was amazing and he's teaching me so much and I was like I never was I never had the time to learn this stuff at home and I was like so I guarantee if I don't have the time to learn this nobody else has the time to learn it like so it was initially actually named aimed at nurses because we were like we want to educate nurses who are like like that going into oncology that might not know what it's all about and like dissecting different diseases and stuff. And then obviously I met Anne-Marie and then like really quickly, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is perfect. And we, we spoke about it. And then, like I said, the idea was for nurses and we were like, yeah, it was, it was kind of on the back burner because work was crazy and we didn't really have any time, but we were like, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea for the future. Mm. And then the pandemic hit and everything changed, didn't it? Mm. It was like we were seeing patients come in so distressed they'd been diagnosed they didn't even know what they'd been diagnosed with they just knew that they had breast cancer or prostate cancer but they had no idea what they were coming for and we had family members ringing us distraught because you know they didn't understand and it was so hard because like at the beginning we kind of thought it was going to be two weeks didn't we we were like it's just going to be a couple of weeks and we'll get mm. through this phase and people will be back in with them again and it'll be easy again but it just went on and on and on and mm. there was no end in sight yeah. and people were just getting more and more upset and distressed and clinics had to go online because it was the only safe thing to do but obviously with that it meant that you know people weren't getting the education that they need because normally if they come in they'll see a rake of people whereas like if you're confined to a certain time online with your consultant you don't have all the supports that are readily available afterwards people to give you the Irish Cancer Society or the Marie Keating booklets they're they're not there to give it to you so people lost out on that a little bit and that's kind of where it came from really wasn't it yeah yeah I suppose like all of the things that happened were necessary like all everything going online and all the Mm. face to faces and all that stopping that was necessary to protect Mm -hmm. people so like that couldn't have been changed in that respect so yeah I suppose the idea like kind of just translated then and we were like okay maybe this would do better to support people now currently at Mm. home so families that are at home and patients that are at home that are maybe because look I know that if I got a call of a new diagnosis I wouldn't hear anything on the phone Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hear anything uh, whatever you know that you get off and you're just like I don't know what just happened there like you know it's just the shock factor you go into your 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 protective mode your fight fire freeze you know that Mm. kind of way so um and we just seen that we seen it from family and friends and whatever so um yeah we just translated it into um maybe making it a little bit more kind of patient and family friendly and maybe not as more not as just directed at nurses that maybe required a little bit more information or a little bit more science background or whatever so um yeah that's where it came from and Mm. we we kind of we're like sure look we'll, we'll give it a go it was just the two of us we were very much kind of just 
taking a chance on our own it wasn't mm. like a it wasn't a hospital thing it wasn't a team thing or anything like that we just said we'll do it and we just reached out and like we said to the first consultant that the, the recording didn't really work very well because <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing with our mics but anyway um we just reached out and we were kind of overwhelmed by the response that we mm. got that everybody was so supportive from the get-go like everybody was just like absolutely 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 and that just kind of made us realize that everybody was feeling what we were feeling yeah mm. you know that it was the same across across the whole healthcare trajectory do you know that kind of a way so mm. like we that gave us confidence in oh actually this is needed you mm. know yeah. and yeah look we went into it like completely blind we're nurses like we had <laughs> no technology background we had no clue what we were doing we were really fortunate in the mm. sense that Michelle at the time had moved in with somebody that had worked in sound so right. he knew what he was doing and he said I'll give you a hand you're like grand and it just kind of worked out that we would a bit of support and yeah it just kind of went from yeah. there and it's kind of snowballed and here we are yeah, yeah. like we had no idea what was going to come from we were like they might absolutely laugh us out of the place yeah like a lot of people actually didn't know what a podcast was yeah. but I was like I actually don't care if I fall on my face Amory's <laughs> with me and it'll yeah. be grand we'll yeah. laugh it off and we'll be absolutely yeah. fine like yeah but yeah we sent out a couple of emails and everybody came back and they were like yeah absolutely yeah. no problem when do you want to record and then it just got really real didn't yeah. it we were like Wow. I think it's just healthcare in general. People are quite afraid to put anything out there. Mm. You know, it's very highly criticised in the media and yeah. just in general, you know, and I think like, you know, oh God love the HSE and everything. Like there's a lot of bad press that goes mm-hmm. against the HSE and whatever. You only ever hear the bad news stories. So I think healthcare professionals in general are quite afraid to put themselves out there, which is really sad because the level of, I think, education and competence and I suppose expertise in this country is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And mm. it's quite sad to think that people are don't put themselves out there a little bit more, you know, that way, because, yeah, um, yeah I just think people would really benefit from it. And it's uh, it'd be great for the country to see what we actually provide here. Do you know that kind of a way yeah, in a more yeah. of a positive light rather than the negative news stories all the time because that's all we really see whereas mm. there's this whole other side of the healthcare system that's just incredible but um yeah so we just kind of yeah it was a bit of a risk but like we're yeah. like we said we're absolutely delighted with how it went and it's we're really lucky that we've had really positive feedback and mm. even today I had some a patient tell me oh I have a friend that's been diagnosed in Australia and she's just been raving about your podcast and she's sent it around the hospital in Australia and mm-hmm. it, it's it's not out there like it's not even in Australia there like that was been sent around there like and yeah. it's it just it I think it's just a trend in healthcare in general you know people mm. just to be it's not a natural thing for us to do but yeah we've learned yeah, a lot about enough. technology and <laughs> media and oh god yeah, yeah. Uh, we've I mean, learned that we don't want to be full-time in media anyway that's for sure yeah, but yeah, yeah we've learned an awful lot haven't we yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we were saying to you before we started like our first couple where we had like the microphones were faced backwards and we thought we had done this cracking job and we were so <laughs> delighted and we were like this is class come go for swim or whatever and then I came back to my house and I was like your mics are back to front <laughs> Oh. And we were just like, oh, it's probably grand, like it's fine or whatever. And he was yeah. like, it's not grand. <laughs> Even to the extent, oh, this is going to, this is actually really embarrassing to admit, but like it took us so long to actually send a Zoom invite and it's over the oh, pandemic yes. and we are doing <laughs> podcasts over Zoom. So like yeah. we were just like, oh, can you just send the Zoom link? <laughs> it must have gone like, in your email <laughs> and then they'd have to send us one. And it was like, we would be sitting there sweating and we were meant to be on like at two o'clock. It was 10 past two and they were like, no Zoom invite. We haven't I was like, did you send it? No, did you send it? I didn't send it. Did you send the Zoom link? I don't know how to send it. I don't know how to send the Zoom link. Do you know how to send the Zoom link? No, we're like, <laughs> they'll probably send one in the corner. <laughs> Oh God. We know anyway, we yeah. know to send Zoom link now. We just it's just not our world whatsoever. But anyway, we've yeah, we've learned a lot. So yeah. Yeah, like but even as you said, they're going into it with no expectations is nearly a good way to go into it. Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. I actually helped. thought that I would be hand like I would be showing my phone to the patients being like this is the podcast here, like in the room, mm. like, or like in the clinic or whatever. And I'd be like, oh yeah, listen to this. Like, it sounds really naive because it's going on platforms like Spotify and mm. uh, like whatever the, the platforms are. Like, it sounds really naive to say that, but like, that's genuinely what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. Mm. So then when, like when things like News Effect, or was it News Talk? News, News Talk, Talk and yeah. Ireland AM and all these places were mm. saying, do you want to come on, do you want to come on? We were like, what? Yeah. Sorry, We'd what? be like literally getting, remember the day, it was oh like God. Ireland AM, we were going over 
And Marie was going for an interview. I was literally on my way to Hankey and she was like, Ireland, yeah, I'm not sound bored. And we were like, in bits. Like, we were like, like I need to go to this interview for a second. Really? I've now closed the fit me. We're in the pandemic. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to put makeup on anymore. And like, literally, she was like, right, I'm going to go do my interview. And I was like, okay, I'll go hang that chemo. And yeah. then, like, your day had to go on as normal because nothing, you know, yeah. you have yeah. to be there for absolutely everybody. And then at about like nine o'clock that night, like, oh my like, God. What are we going to wear? Up <laughs> well, at like 5 a.m. the next morning to get there for six. But look, it went well, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think they're kind of like I found a lot of places were really understanding as well because like there's no point in us bluffing and being like oh yeah we're grand we have this we have no we had no idea what we were doing so I was like there's yeah. no point in us even pretending because it's yeah. going to be written all over yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think that, like you said it, going into it with no expectations was really yeah it's like it wasn't you were pitching it up here yeah. expecting it to be this yeah. kind of yeah exactly and yeah. we went like our intentions going into it wasn't for it to go to somebody like I said to go to yeah. somebody in Australia or anything like that it was literally just to help relieve a little bit of stress on the patients we were looking after during that time kind of thing do you but know that way but that I comes think... across I think you know you can pick up on people maybe yeah. who are doing things like trying to maybe say I, your podcast wouldn't be a great one to relate to but say somebody yeah. who does something to maybe boost or trying to get their own like for their own benefit like you know fame or kind yeah. of growing that kind of thing yeah. but doing it for the help of others mm. you, you can you can tell that's all that's all I feel anyways yeah. you can yeah. definitely pick oh. up on the people who are just doing it for the yeah. good of others rather yeah. than a personal agenda rather yeah. is the best word I could think of yeah and I think that comes across with your one as absolutely, well absolutely yeah yeah no I really appreciate yeah. that yeah because yeah. there's it's that's I think that's what makes it enjoyable like is because you're not like I'm not expecting anything to yeah. blow up at it like if something happens then I'll deal with that then but as of now it's absolutely. just absolutely yeah, it's yeah. just like people are getting something from this if one person gets something from any of these episodes then well, and they will that's a success absolutely yeah 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 yeah. I but, think that, that's it it comes back to your intention doesn't it really your yeah. intention is good and it's to help people that will always shine through you yeah know? yeah it, it definitely will and mm. like even when you were saying with your episodes to now correct me if I'm wrong but this I mean, was there an episode around grief yeah. Um, yeah even my parents took a lot from that really kind of, yeah. kind of being like as in because I would have thought like oh the grief may only be centered around me mm, like from time yeah. lost and say even changes to to mm. my mind and me my body and everything like that but I suppose I never really thought like what what it was like for my mom and dad maybe say looking at me not being the way I was before and you know mm-hmm. being sick yeah. and then struggling with it like and that's you're, they're nearly grieving for a son who like has completely changed from, yeah. from what he was like and that's I, I, I was kind of shocked when I was talking I was like mm. wow like this is just yeah. I never thought of it but it was amazing yeah like, but we don't talk about it yeah no. that's, that's the, the issue isn't it we, we as a culture we don't talk about these things you know like and it's we've had I've had this we had this conversation I don't know if it was in that episode but like I was talking about grief and like my experience with grief growing up and it it just was like this kind of taboo subject it was like oh they just had a bit of a funny turn like Mm. I was just constantly living my childhood waiting for someone to have a turn I'm like what does a turn even mean but they died like it was just I think it's a cultural thing you know that kind of way so I absolutely loved that conversation because it did it it just kind of shone a light on Mm. what it actually is like what is grief you can grieve absolutely any loss you know that kind of way it can be anything like even just like breaking up of a relationship or a friendship anything anything. doesn't have to be say death all the time it's like or grieving who you were before an illness you know that kind of a way that's a huge one that Mm. I I didn't know existed and it wasn't until my therapist said it to me Mm. that I was like wow like that there's actually so much pain there from something like yep, that because you've got this whole identity before you get sick and then it's just thrown out the window Absolutely. you know and you're trying yeah. to find yeah. like who you are you I think you nearly you nearly kind of form an identity around being sick mm. I think. and then yeah. you have to kind of try it's part break. of your identity nearly yeah. yeah and then you try to break that maybe because you don't want to be just like you, you accept that it's part of you but you don't really want it to be the sole mm. part of you is yeah. just around cancer like mm-hmm. and that's where I think like as you said we don't talk about things like that no. enough and there's so no. many people especially um, I, I don't even think the age thing really comes into it like any age who go through that yeah. and don't realise that that's, that's an element that they might have to mm. deal with they don't think about it everybody's just like if I get better now I'm going to be new yeah. people just living life to the absolute max and mm. any of the experiences I've had it doesn't really work like that and it just needs to be talked about more to absolutely. ease the burden of it yeah. yeah and it absolutely. must be so hard because like Neve, who did the episode her book like she's a psychologist and she was like I didn't even know I was grieving things mm. you know she was like different things that had happened to her like you said breaking down a relationship and stuff like she's really honest about it and she was like 
if I'm a psychologist and I didn't know I was grieving, how can people know can, that yeah. you're grieving? Yeah. But you're going through all the phases of grieving, but mm. you don't, because it's not a death, you don't yeah. think yeah. it's grieving. And it's only when somebody actually says to you, you're grieving, like the life you had before. Yeah, mm. then the awareness comes into it. And then of course. then you can put the steps in to deal with it. But if, you're, yeah. if you don't know it's there, you're kind of just... It's like yeah. the blind leading the blind, yeah. really. You yeah, just of course. don't know how to deal with it. So. Yeah, and I think and a lot of people think as uh, soon as I finish my treatment or whatever, I just want to forget about it and I'm going to move on. And yeah. like you said, go back to going out all the time and stuff. But we did an episode with um, somebody and she was like, it's post-traumatic stress afterwards yeah, because you're fight, yeah. fight, fight the whole way through and it's mm. getting through the chemo and getting through the side effects and getting through this and then nothing at yeah. the end. Mm. You come out the other side of it and that's it you're a completely just, different person but people just think this is amazing you're through it and come mm. on we'll go out and celebrate and stuff but it's, it's taken a part of you yeah it's, mm. it's as you said it's a drama that has to be yeah. dealt with properly and i've only recently started doing um like holistic therapies you know yeah. because i like the mental side of it I, I i've been in therapy for a few years dealing with it but completely underestimate the physical effects of it like mm. they're kind of how you get stuck like yeah. in that kind of like fight flight or fright mode you're just constantly tense you're constantly on edge mm. and again nobody knows that nobody yeah. knows like why they're anxious or why say their back and their shoulders are insanely tight all the time or yeah. why they struggle to sleep or digestive issues anything like that Absolutely. that mm. that come with these kind of things so it's again i hope just people listening to this kind of pick yeah. up on it more because the more awareness that goes out about it is yeah it's just it's the only way people will ever yeah. know and be able to do yeah. things about it people I, like you speaking about it people like you speaking about it will bring that awareness to mm. it because like you said if one person listens and thinks that's me actually yeah. i i can't sleep at night or i do feel like my shoulders are tied all the time maybe that'll just trigger it in them saying oh possibly that's what i'm feeling so yeah 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 i i yeah completely like i think obviously people speaking about it does definitely raise mm. awareness and i, I uh, at the moment I suppose it is up to the individual to take that step to go and speak to somebody and un- to start that journey of understanding and yeah. learning about yourself you know that way and like unpacking that kind of stuff Yeah. and then there's also like this other side I know I keep going back to this but there is also a structural side that yeah. the system has a responsibility to look after people's mental health and mental well-being as much as they do their physical health you know yeah. and there's so much data and research now to 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 show us and tell us that people's mental health and their mental well-being or whatever is affected when they get a diagnosis or an illness or anything mm-hmm. like that you know so i mean that uh, i'd love in the future i know in a perfect world but i would love in the future that there is i know that there is obviously like now at the moment there is now psycho-oncology that's yeah. been developed and it is becoming a bit more of a kind of universal thing it isn't just yet but it is getting there you know it is in some of the hospitals in Dublin and stuff like that so it's getting there you know that way so that's positive in that respect because I do think there's obviously an onus on the system as well to say look we understand that this is going to be an impact and you need to look at these things you know that way other because like you say it can manifest physically and people just think oh I have something physical that's wrong with me but actually a lot of the time it can be something like grief and you need to Mm. acknowledge that you know and yeah take the necessary steps then Mm. to to maybe Absolutely. release or go through it then, yeah so. but thanks for you for taking a step to speak out about everything you know and mm. be a bit of a voice for people that have gone through these kind of things you know because it's it's a quite a, like it, it can be I'm sure it's really frightening and terrifying at times you yeah, know that way to put yourself out there and, like, but you're definitely leading the way and being a voice for people because it is so needed you know that way and mm. like you say there is that element of just let's get through it let's get through it. and you are told just get through this and you'll be fine yeah but that's not really true you know that way it's It's, not because it's afterwards like you said that that's when things really creep up you know so it's it's great to have somebody to be a voice of that yeah and that that's all i'm trying to tell you is that like say when you finish your treatment it's the difference of somebody if you're going into it being like right i get get through the physical part of it but i know this is coming i Mm. know this is going to happen whereas that's the thing there's nobody sits you down and is like once you finish this bit like there's going to be grief there's going to be mm. anger there's going to be sadness mm, there's going to be yeah. insecurity there's going to mm. be all these different things that come with mm. like and these are the this is how we'll deal with it whereas yeah. or these are the steps you can take to deal with or this is some of the support available mm. whereas i as i said i'm 11 years now finished treatment so it would have been you're kind of just back in the world it's just like of course. off you yeah, go off yeah. you go you yeah. can head back to work now you've your six yeah. months post treatment yeah, or whatever yeah. yeah that's it and nobody wants so then you're kind of left it you're just figuring it out yourself and look mm. it's been it's been a, a road like and a long road and it's up and down mm. but 
in a weird way it is kind of like you know it's like what you say about your jobs like I don't think I could picture myself without the experience because it's kind of taught me a lot about myself yeah. and yeah. a lot of different things and what I want from life and maybe mm-hmm. a whole new perspective on things so I think that's a big change that if people can find that in their like if they're going through something like that maybe just find that there's there might be a deeper purpose like that you can find that it's not just doom and gloom and yeah. I've been sick and how bad is yeah. it being sick that mm-hmm. there you can there is a way to pull yourself out you know and Mm. make something you know yeah. it doesn't have to be anything like this yeah. like, but just like yeah, anything yeah uh, yeah and it's like it's a great mentality to have I think you know I always think it's great to think, like, not great but it's a good mentality to have like oh like maybe it's we can learn something from it it yeah. might not happen right now but maybe in the future I might be able to see some kind of positive thing from this you know yeah. Yeah. Um, I think especially as a guy speaking out and talking about it as well like I think women are better in general of like mm. seeking help Definitely. and speaking about it and even if it's not through a counsellor it's with friends but it's really difficult for guys to yeah, speak out I think it's uncomfortable like it is and even like there's, there's so many different elements to it like if you're in relationships and mm. stuff and saying like but now I'm 28 now, like, and so, so whatever my next relationship is, like, that's, if I went back a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say, tell her girlfriend, say, look, there's a good chance I might be infertile. Like, yeah. like that's a big conversation to have. Yeah, and absolutely. it's just kind of like, you know, mm. that might, I don't know, might be a deal breaker. I don't know, yeah. like, how yeah. it works, but yeah. it's, that's the kind of thing that I say, like, that looking back, if I had it, mm. I wouldn't have been out. I just would have buried the head. Oh, I couldn't absolutely. talk about that. But if, like, if you yeah. didn't talk about that, that would probably impact you for, exactly your life yeah. that's you know that it. way it so. just would manifest itself in a different yeah. way like so yeah he yeah. doesn't open up to me or i can't you know what yeah, i mean it would yeah. actually come out in a completely different way mm-hmm. yeah but so i honestly think it's amazing and if like you said it helps more people have these conversations and particularly men mm-hmm. have these conversations definitely it's an incredible thing you're doing yeah yeah no i really i really appreciate that and it's incredible to have the two years in tonight to, to have a chat yeah <laughs> because i've really enjoyed it and there's so much awareness that has come from this conversation i think on all different angles be it mm-hmm. nursing cancer like the the effects of cancer the after effects your podcast like people know now like whoever hasn't heard of it will hopefully if anyone's listening to this will pick it up as well and they can mm-hmm. pick up on bits that yeah and that's all that's all i'm trying to do is just just bring it out like that you know get as much out there yeah. as possible so you're doing um, thanks so much thank you yeah, yeah. no I, I i've really enjoyed it tonight um, and i hope as i said i can't wait for your podcast to be back on again but look, yeah. take, take a bit of time though definitely yeah. definitely and take a, a bit, bit of, of time it's a bit i can imagine it's hectic enough as you said as the yeah. never mind being full-time <laughs> podcasters as well <laughs> um but look michelle emery thanks so much really thanks really so appreciate much. it thanks for having yeah. us we're absolutely delighted yeah, yeah it's great it's really nice to be yeah. on the other side of it actually yeah, yeah yeah no very enjoyable so really appreciate it thanks A huge thank you to Michelle and Anne-Marie for taking the time out to sit down and have a chat with myself and for being so open, honest and insightful. The Answers for Cancers podcast is available on all podcast platforms and they can also be found on Instagram and Twitter.